This is an SBC Media Partners production. Swung on, hit high and deep. Right field. Good 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 it is Phillies fans, these are your glove stories with Murph. Let's check out Greg Murphy. Murphy, got a special guest, huh? Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Glove Stories with Murph. It is nice to have you with us, and we are excited about the conversation today. But of course, first, the Glove Stories with Murph is brought to you by the great folks at Bet Parks Casino and Sportsbook Gap, Shive Vintage Sports, and Phillies Nation. And today we welcome in from Phillies Nation to talk all things Philly, Tim Kelly, who joins us right now. And uh, Tim, good to have you here. And uh, thanks for being here. Hopefully you enjoyed your All-Star break. We are coming out of the All-Star break as we uh, tape this episode today. Uh, hopefully you got a, a little time off. But uh, what were your thoughts uh, of the festivities out there in Los Angeles. Yeah, a little bit of it was spent flying back from Miami, but uh, once I got back, uh, <laughs> the the game was the game. I mean, I don't think anything earth-shattering happened in the game. The home run derby was kind of a, a fun evening, even if things didn't particularly go noteworthy for Kyle Schwarber. So it was a cool evening. I always love the celebration and the pageantry of the All-Star game and definitely ready for the second half to start. Yeah, it's funny. I was reading some uh, some of the stories after the home run derby, and I guess there was that uh, little controversy whether or not Kyle had hit an extra home run and it would have been a tie and, and all of that. And I thought Kyle's uh, comments for, for the whole thing were just great. He's like, you know what? I wasn't really thinking too much about it. You know, just out there to have fun. Uh, he got one at bat in the All-Star game as well. Uh, or actually, he got two at bats in the All-Star game. So um, good to see him out there representing the Phillies, and obviously he represented them very well, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, in a perfect world for the Phillies, you would add Bryce Harper there and at least one of Aaron Nola and Zach Wheeler. Yeah. So that's just kind of how it goes sometimes. All right. Well, let's turn our focus now to the second half because here the Phillies sit. Uh, it's the unofficial second half of the season. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, it will be game uh, 93, the first game of uh, the second half of the season. And, uh, well, the Phillies sit in a position where technically they control their own destiny with a long, long way to go. But certainly um, when you think about where they were in May and, and then what they did in June and July, uh, the Phillies had to feel pretty pleased, I would think, to be five games over 500 and in the mix for the wild card. Um, just give me your assessment uh, of the first half. Any any big surprises for you? Anything that uh, really stood out for you, uh, whether it be a positive or a negative? I just think once Rob Thompson took over as manager, it really did change the course of the season. And uh, I, I think there was some uncertainty whether making a managerial change would do that. But uh, to me, he's done a tremendous job. The Phillies entered the All-Star break with a plus 62 run differential, which is a, really one of the better marks in baseball, top seven or eight. Uh They're in a really good situation. I don't think they're going to really compete for the NL East, but uh the all or the wild card feels very much uh, in reach one of those three wild card spots and it, it's something that on june 1st or whatever that was june 3rd i think when they made the change it, it would have been pretty difficult to imagine but it, it just does feel like there's been a culture change for the phillies since then and i think the the clearest example of it was you lost two games in toronto you had a couple guys unavailable it was an ugly situation and then you went to Miami, where in the past you have gotten trounced pretty much every time you went there. And instead of that, you swept them, including stealing a game where Sandy Alcantara, who 
in my opinion, should have started the all-star game, was on the mound and pitched eight innings. Uh, it, it really sends you into the all-star break with an entirely different mindset than you would have had had you lost two of three or been swept there. It's an interesting uh, thought, and I agree with you. And Alec Bohm said something to me, it, I think it was before the first game in Miami. I think I asked him how important it was to try and get the momentum back heading into the all-star break and then coming out of the all-star break to play good baseball. And, and I thought, I thought Alec, who I, I think has matured so much over the past couple of months, um, he gave a really thoughtful answer. He said something along the lines of, you know, it is really important to be playing well going in and coming out because it, it kind of shows everybody in the clubhouse, in the front office, who you are at this point of the year, it really identifies you like we are a team that is not going to give up. We are a team that's going to be scrappy. We are a team that is going to be in this for the long haul. And and that was before they won the three games down there. And, and so I, and I just thought that was an interesting way of looking at it. And I thought the fact that Alec, who's a young player, was thinking about it in those terms certainly was good. And I and I tend to agree with them. This is an important little stretch of the season. You want to come out now of the all-star break uh, with some momentum. Yeah, the last thing you want to do is head into the all-star break having lost like five of six yeah. and have it creep into your head and certainly creep into media narratives when people don't have anything else to talk about for a few days that, well, you had like a four or five week stretch where you played well, but outside of that, your record is terrible. Uh, you erased that by playing really well in Miami, and now you come out of the all-star break with the Cubs, who are frankly a team that at minimum you should take two out of three from this weekend. So uh, you, you're in a really good situation, I think, in regards to the wild card and uh, returning to the postseason for the first time in over a decade. Yeah. Uh, give me some keys as we look forward Uh for a successful second half of the season. Um, first of all, how well do you think the Phillies have to play to stay in the postseason mix and ultimately get that first uh, postseason spot in, in the decade? I think to get one of those wild card spots, you're looking about 88 wins. So, uh, and that's what I projected them at before the season. Now, the, the path that they've taken to get there <laughs> certainly hasn't been uh, how you draw it up, but if you get there, you get there. And I, I think that's what it is in terms of keys. Obviously, you have Bryce Harper and Gene Segura. You need to get those two back and you need to find somewhere to stabilize center field. And I think your biggest need at the deadline has become adding another starting pitcher. But to me, the keys are the bullpen continuing to pitch uh, not necessarily as well as they were before the deadline, but kind of finding a way to stabilize things and stay a, a top tier bullpen. Jose Alvarado, he continues to pitch like this. I mean, over the last month, he's been one of the five best bullpen pitchers in baseball. Yeah. Um, I, I do think it's an interesting narrative, and I've kind of tried to ask Rob Thompson about this a few different ways. In the second half, how do you manage Sir Anthony Dominguez, who is now at the point where he's pitching more than he's pitched in three years combined, probably. How do you manage him? Because obviously he's a, a very special talent that you, you want to keep healthy. And then, I, I mean, the rest of the bullpen as a whole, you, you have other guys. Andrew Bellotti stepped up. I, I think the bullpen to me would be the biggest X factor going into the second half because 
So the last few years we've talked about, well, if the Phillies just had a bullpen that was league average, they went from having a bullpen that was one of the worst in the league to now having a top five or seven unit. If that can continue, it completely changes how you think about the second half. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting when you, when you think back to those seasons that got away late, uh, that is exactly what everyone's saying. If we only had a bullpen that could do the job, you know, 60% of the time, which is very much league average or, or below, um, then they would have gotten into the postseason. Um, certainly they're better. They have pitched better than that of late. The all-new Bet Parks Casino and Sportsbook app is here for both Pennsylvania and New Jersey. Get in on all the action, whether it's baseball, the basketball and hockey playoffs, golf, all your favorite sports. Download the all-new Bet Parks Casino and Sportsbook app and make your first bet risk-free up to $750. Bet more than the score. Bet on individual player performances for hits, home runs, and strikeouts. Bet innings, first team to score, and more. Bet Parks is the only sportsbook and casino app that I recommend. The Bet Parks Casino and Sportsbook app, where odds, bets, slots, and games all come together in perfect harmony right in your pocket. Sportsbook and all your favorite casino games for real money, all in one amazing app. Live in-game betting lets you bet while you watch the game. Download right now in the App Store, Google Play Store, or at BetParks.com and use my promo code MURF. BetParks is also an official proud betting operator of the PGA Tour. The all-new BetParks Casino and Sportsbook app. You must be 21 and in Pennsylvania or New Jersey. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Welcome to This Week in Philly Baseball History, presented by Shad Vintage Sports. This week in 2015, a 22-year-old Aaron Nola made his major league debut at home against Tampa. The Louisiana native allowed just one run through six innings a home run from the opposing pitcher. Celebrate more Philly sports history with clothing from Shad Vintage Sports, where there's a story in every stitch. Visit them at 13th and Walnut Streets or at shabsports.com. Phillies Nation is your source for breaking news, original analysis, trade insights, and more. Read today's articles at philliesnation.com. Today, we welcome in from Phillies Nation to talk all things Philly, Tim Kelly, who joins us right now. And uh, Tim, what about, uh, so if I, when I'm walking around and, and I'm in the Wawa and someone stops me and asks me a question about the Phillies, more often than not at this moment, the question is about the right fielder, Nick Castellanos. Can he figure it out? Will he figure it out? My answer has been consistent because, because I believe it, obviously, that uh, guys like Nick Castellanos generally do figure it out because they are so talented uh, offensively. Look, he's not a defensive player. He's an offensive player. It's why he is where he is. It's why he gets paid what he gets paid. Um, it's been a struggle for him, been a little bit better of late, but uh, do you think that, you know, if, if he were to get back to the kind of hitter that that we expected him to be, we're talking about a monster second half out of that guy, right? You're talking about a monster second half out of the Phillies offense because uh, eventually you have Bryce Harper and Gene mm-hmm. Segura potentially returning as well. JT Real Muto seemed to heat up before the second half or before the all-star break. So uh, I, I think at some point I, I just keep saying Jay, or Nick Castellanos is too good to continue hitting like this. Uh, I, I looked back at it the other day. The only player in baseball since 2014 with more doubles is Freddie Freeman out of anyone in the league. So this is not someone, I get it. He took advantage of 
perhaps like the most hitter friendly park in Cincinnati last year, but this is someone who played in Detroit and thrived and Comerica park is one of the least hitter friendly parks. In fact, Nick Castellanos complained about it near the end that he didn't get to put up home run numbers because it was such a hitter unfriendly park, but this is someone that, in Detroit in his brief time with the Cubs and then with the Reds pretty consistently was a, one of the league's best doubles hitters. And I, I just think at some point he's going to return to being that defensively, he is not a good defender. I mean, every metric bears it out. Your eyes bear it out. That was not the plan that unfortunately for the Phillies is just how things have gone with Bryce Harper, not being able to play in right field this season. But uh, from a long-term perspective, I think you look at him as getting the bulk of his at-bats at DH. So the important thing is getting his bat turned around. Agreed. Agreed. And I will say this. I mean, he hasn't been as bad in right field as I think some people thought he might. Early on, I think he struggled a little bit. He's been he's been better of late. Now, certainly he's not getting to every ball that that a, a above-average right fielder will get to. But for the most part, I think he's, uh, he's held his own um, as a – less than average defensive player. Um, Reese Hoskins is another guy who you look at his numbers from the first half and you, you know, project them out for the season and you say to yourself, wow, pretty darn good season. Um, he's had stretches where he's been really hot. He's had stretches where he's been cold, but more than any other season, I feel like Reese Hoskins has been relatively consistent this entire season. He has. I mean, it, it's just you kind of take for granted the type of production that he puts up because uh, his introduction was, of course, the 2017 season where he's hitting home runs at an unsustainable pace. But he's someone that pretty consistently gets on base. And when he gets hot, he's someone that carries your team for a couple of weeks. And uh, boy, if he could have one of those stretches coming out of the All-Star break, I just feel like you're, this next month, maybe not even month, three weeks is about tidying things over till you get reinforcements both from the trade deadline and potentially getting Segura, Harper, and Zach Eflin back. So if you can just play solid for the next month, obviously September one way or another is where you're going to have to make hay. But uh, if Hoskins can have one of those stretches coming up, that, that would be gigantic. Yeah, you know, we obviously when Bryce went down the – the narrative was, and it's true, you can't replace Bryce Harper. You can't replace that offensive production. But a red-hot Reese Hoskins does an awful lot to fill that void. And if you can get him going and carry him in until Bryce gets back, uh, you're right. That would be uh, that would be really, really good. I mean, we obviously don't know when Bryce will be back. The hope is right around, you know, the end of August. Maybe at the very be. you know, if you listen to Bryce, perhaps slightly earlier, Gene in, in the same way. But um, I think it's safe to say right around September 1st, um, we can start to expect getting both those bats in the lineup. And that that certainly will be good with with four weeks to play at that point in the season. Um, all right. How about uh, the starting pitching? Uh, you know, again, something that um, that has been a strength all season long. We know what the Phillies have at the top of the rotation with Zach Wheeler and Aaron Nola and how good they've been. The concern, obviously, is Zach Eflin. Uh, we'll talk about him in a minute. But give me your thoughts on the other four guys. Kyle has pitched well his last two outings. Uh, Ranger Suarez pitched well his last outing. Um, it's certainly a strength of this team, and if they can get outings like that more often than not, you know, you win with starting pitching in this league. 
Yeah, I wouldn't say Kyle Gibson went blow for blow with Sandy Alcantara in his last start, but he came at, at probably as close as you can expect yeah. him to do. So he was very good. If he's your number four or five starter, you're in good shape. And Ranger Suarez, to me, is someone that, like, if you get Ranger Suarez two or three runs, he can front run as well as anybody. He doesn't care about giving up a few runs if he has a few runs to work with. He's someone that will give you six or seven innings in a good situation. So he kind of like, you you get a feeling, I was talking about this with Oscar, the uh, Spanish announcer, like if he gets through that first inning, all good, you have a very good feeling about what Ranger Suarez is going to do on a given day. And then, I mean, Aaron Nola has been one of the best pitchers in baseball by the time you added in that eight-inning performance in Miami, eight in the third inning. Uh, it, it was clear he should have been an all-star. And Zach Wheeler, over, since he came to the Phillies, has been one of the top five starters in baseball. So you're very good at those top two spots. And, boy, if you could have a, a number three that at times can pitch like an ace, you would be in a hell of a situation. How concerned are you about Zach Eflin? I'd be pretty concerned about that because – uh, a, he kind of, I, I don't know if the, the Phillies didn't officially call it a setback, but that's essentially what it amounts to. Uh, so you don't know when you're going to get him back. And even when you do get him back with the history, with the knees, you worry about if there's another setback. And uh, I don't think you can go into August with uh, Bailey Falter or Christopher Sanchez or a bullpen game every five days. So to me, that becomes the number one need. And if you get Zach Eflin back in – August, September, whatever the case may be, that's great. And you'd rather have six starters and have to figure it out. But uh, you can't go into August with four starters. All right. Uh, before I let you go, a couple little rapid fire. Uh, Phillies, buyers or sellers at the trade deadline? Buyers. Yeah. Uh, uh, big buyers? Filling filling spots? I, I think medium buyers, definitely. I mean, I, I guess some of it depends how these next couple of weeks go out, but Dave Dombrowski isn't someone that is uh, tweak around the edges guy. He's mm-hmm. good. If he has a team he thinks can win, he's going to go in with it. Okay. And then after uh, all of the dust settles and the, the dog days of summer are happening in August and September, uh, how does this, uh, at this moment, and we're going to do this again in a couple of weeks, but at this moment, uh, you believe the Phils are a postseason team? I do. I believe they're going to win that third wild card spot. Before the year, I said 88 wins and one game above Gabe Kapler and the Giants at 87. And you're right, right on right, right now. Yeah, right now, I feel <laughs> I, I didn't feel so good when the Giants were here in uh, late May, but I feel great about it right now. So I'll stick with that. Yeah. So, folks, if you're watching that wild card race, and it's a little early still, but uh, but we do it anyway. Uh, the Giants, the Padres, the Braves. The Cardinals are really the teams that you're watching that uh, will affect the Phillies going forward. So uh, those are the ones you want to keep your eye on each and every night uh, as we uh, as we move forward. Tim Kelly from Phillies Nation, uh, great insights as always. We certainly appreciate it, and uh, well, I'll see you down at the ballpark. Sounds good, man. All right, uh, we'll take a quick break, but more to come here on Glove Stories. Stay with us. Welcome to this week in Philly baseball history, presented by Shy Vintage Sports. This week, in 2015, a 22-year-old Aaron Nola made his Major League debut at home against Tampa. The Louisiana native allowed just one run through six innings, a home run from the opposing pitcher. Celebrate more Philly sports history with clothing from Shab Vintage Sports, where there's a story in every stitch. Visit them at 13th and Walnut Streets or at ShabSports.com. 
The all-new Bet Parks Casino and Sportsbook app is here for both Pennsylvania and New Jersey. Get in on all the action, whether it's baseball, the basketball and hockey playoffs, golf, all your favorite sports. Download the all-new Bet Parks Casino and Sportsbook app and make your first bet risk-free up to $750. Bet more than the score. Bet on individual player performances for hits, home runs, and strikeouts. Bet innings, first team to score, and more. Bet Parks is the only sportsbook and casino app that I recommend. The Bet Parks Casino and Sportsbook app, where odds, bets, slots, and games all come together in perfect harmony right in your pocket. Sportsbook and all your favorite casino games for real money, all in one amazing app. Live in-game betting lets you bet while you watch the game. Download right now in the App Store, Google Play Store, or at BetParks.com and use my promo code MURPH. BetParks is also an official proud betting operator of the PGA Tour. The all-new BetParks Casino and Sportsbook app. You must be 21 and in Pennsylvania or New Jersey. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Phillies Nation is your source for breaking news, original analysis, trade insights, and more. Read today's articles at philliesnation.com. Glove Stories with Murph is sponsored by the Bet Parks Casino and Sportsbook app, along with Shine Vintage Sports and Phillies Nation, and is a presentation of SBC Media Partners. The engineer for Glove Stories is Chad Evans. Cindy Webster is our marketing and guest relations director, and our executive producer is Roger Haddon. Whether you are watching us on YouTube or downloading the podcast from one of the major podcast providers like Apple, Google, or Spotify, make sure to hit like and subscribe so that we can let you know when a new episode of Glove Stories is available. We'll release new episodes weekly throughout the 2022 Major League Baseball season.